if you have an interest in horses and love learning more about horses, the horse industry, teaching, or even managing your own horse business, then you're in the right place. We would love you to join us on our mission, which is to improve the lives of horses around the world through the education of riders, handlers, and trainers. So get comfortable, listen in, and enjoy. Our guest today on Horse Chats, we have back again Christoph Hess. And Christoph's a very welcome guest. His first chat was 702, and if you don't know Christoph or don't know him very well, even if you do know him well and you've been to judges' clinics and rider clinics and everything else, I would encourage you to go back and listen to that first chat that we had, 721. I think, you know, quite good, quite enlightening and, and just a little bit of background about Christoph that doesn't normally come out. But today, before we start with Christoph, we're going to talk about walk, halt and pirouette and go through it. You know how thorough that he goes through. I'd just like to remind you that the podcast is brought to you by International Horse College. So the vision of International Horse College is to have a world where people safely appreciate, respect and enjoy their horses and their horses appreciate, respect and enjoy their people. Have a look now at the wide variety of horse-friendly courses at internationalhorsecollege.com, registered training organisation number 31352. Now, hello, Christoph. Welcome back. Yeah, hello, hello. I'm from Germany. I hope everything who is listening as well, all the best for you in 2021. Mm, thank you. Thank you. Now, Christoph, we're going into, and I know that, that you really stress the fundamentals, which people just love. We're talking about the walk, the halt and the pirouette. And we'll start off with the walk. But, but it's not just, you know, it's not just the walk. I mean, some of these movements that we talk about, we could almost say, well, a horse isn't broken in before they can do walk and halt and a little bit of sort of moving around. But we want to talk about the quality and the fundamentals. So if we just talk about the walk, now say, say I'm an alien, I've come from outer space or I'm not really sure what the walk is. If you were going to talk about the walk or a quality walk, what we're really looking for in the walk, how would we describe this movement? Yeah. Well, first of all, the walk is one of the three gates which we have, walk, trot, canter. Uh, when we look from the classical uh, point of view, when we look from the FEI uh, movements, then walk is uh, one of these three gates. That's the first uh, sentence I want to say. The second thing is the walk is very much, and now I'm looking before I'm describing the walk, uh, looking much, very much from the riders and from the trainers, coaches' point of view. The walk is very much the mirror of good or bad riding. If you ride a good trot and canter, if you train the horses good in trend, um, canter and trot, if you are able uh, to ride smooth transitions between trot and canter and canter and trot, then at the end of the day, you are able to ride a good, a very good, at least a proper walk. And the walk is, uh, therefore, I underline it, I want to say it a second time, is the result of good riding. The walk is, you can say, the mirror of yeah, your whole education, your whole training. The better the training, the education of the horse, the better as a result is a walk. So that's uh, the first topic I want to, to underline and to figure out. The second thing is to explain what is a good walk. 
A good walk is clear in rhythm. Uh, the rhythm, looking from the scale of training point, is always the very first step scale of training. A clear four-beat rhythm with eight faces. There is no moment of suspension. It's always one leg on the ground. And um, yeah, that's very important for beat rhythm. Many people know that walk is not so easy at the end of the day to ride, especially horses which have a huge walk. They often are not clear in the four beat rhythm. They are lateral often, or the, the, the problem can be a lateral walk. And this we have to have in mind. So I will figure out a clear four-beat rhythm. That's important. Then the next thing which is important when you ride a walk is or when you watch a walk or when you judge a walk, when you train to get a better walk, um, we need activity. The walk needs a good activity, not impulsion. In trot and canter, we have impulsion. Why? In trot and canter, we have a moment of suspension. And I just said, in the walk, we have no moment of suspension. Therefore, we don't have impulsion, but we have activity. That's the point that after rhythm, we need a good activity, an active walk, which is not a lazy walk on one side or on the other side, a hurried walk. That's sometimes the point that judges are not quite sure. One judge said, oh, it's an active walk, and maybe another judge will say, oh, no, for me it's uh, not um, active, it's uh, just hurried. So these, uh, between not being hurried and not being uh, lazy, you have to write uh, a proper walk. So that's the second thing, what is important. And then the third thing is, you need in the walk a good covering ground and over-tracking. The horse has to come good out of the shoulder with long steps with the forehand and then with the hind legs, good over-tracking. Therefore, covering ground and over-tracking are really important criteria. But I want to uh, give a summary. First, rhythm. Maybe you sh should add tempo. Rhythm and tempo are always very close connected. Also, therefore, rhythm, very important, but most important. If there is no clear four-beat rhythm, it is worthless. Second point is activity, which is important. And the third point is what judges are looking for is covering ground and over-tracking. So, therefore, if a horse has not by nature a very good covering ground and overtracking, many different horses in the world from different breeds, they don't have a proper walk looking from the covering, uh, the overtracking and covering grounds point of view. But if the rider is able to perform the walk in a clear four beat rhythm, with good activity, then at the end of the day, he will not get a good mark or a very good and excellent mark, but maybe he will get a sufficient or a satisfying mark or nearly a rather good mark. This is for me important. 
And this is a point the writer can do. Uh, a clear to write the walk in a clear four-beat rhythm and to write the walk uh, with good uh, with a good activity. That's very important. And this is, and now I finish with the first idea which I had when I started giving the answer to this to your question. Um, this is the result of a good um, training, a good way of riding in trot and canter. Excellent, excellent. I love the way that you go in and you just keep explaining and keep explaining and keep explaining. There was just something very quick at the beginning that you um, you sort of phased over, and I know that, you know, we learn at Pony Club that the horse has got four beats, you know, four beats in the walk. But can you just go over the eight phases of the walk? Why is it eight phases? Because people will say, well, hang on a sec, does that mean the horse does the four beats twice? Or is there something in the middle of each of the four beats? Yeah, yeah, it's a four beat, and I think what uh, and now when we when we watch um, uh, the walk and we can do it with with uh, the modern technique and kind of slow motions, then we see it very very good. I think important is not to know each of these faces, which is possible to explain, but. I think important is when you watch it, especially when you watch a slow motion movement or a movie, then important is that the walk is not lateral. When on the left side, uh, the the front leg has to move. And this is important. It is after one, after the, the other, and not left side at the same time or right legs at the same time. When we have this, then we have um, a clear um, lateral movement. And this is what the quality of a good walk uh, is, uh, is important, or what, uh, or this would be a bad walk if it is also this um, left legs at the same time, right legs at the same time. This means that the walk is lateral. We always want to see a V, that the hind leg is coming and the front leg is moving and it looks like a V when you figure it out. Then the walk is in a clear uh, four beat with eight faces. From my point of view, this is enough to explain, to explain each face, which is possible. I don't think that helps a lot we, we have it in, in the Principles of Writing and in many other books. We can watch these um, small pictures. But I don't think that when you train a horse, looking from the settlers' point of view, or when you train a horse from the ground, that is necessary to know in detail. You have always only to look how are the um, hind and front leg coming together. Is this in the clearism or is it not in the good rhythm? This is what I think is important. Now, I know that you said that it's a mirror. It's a mirror of, of a good rider. So if we're training the walk, we really should make sure that all our other paces are good, our transitions into and out of the other paces and probably transitions within the paces. Is there a special way that we can say we need to train the walk? You know, how can we improve the walk within training? Is it just that we do everything else and the walk will improve itself or do we work on improving the walk? Yeah, that's a very good question. Thanks a lot. Um, 
I hope I will not um, be unpolite and um, will give you a frustration when I say this is maybe a, a very strict sentence, and I will explain it in a second later. I would say the better the walk should be, the more you should write proper transitions between trot and canter and canter and trot. Um, I know that we have a lot of written pages how to improve the walk, that you do it outside, that you go and um, in, the, in, the, um, in the hill, that you climb a mountain, and um, this is good for the walk, marching walk, that you ride in, in deeper ground, that you use cavalettis. Everything is good. Everything helps to develop the walk. But my experience is the best chance to get a good walk is to ride proper canter and trot. And important is, and this is the point, that the horse is truly in front of your driving aids and that you are able to ride the transition from um, a higher gait, from canter to trot, without using the reins, but having the horse really in front of your driving aids, that you have the feeling, I canter into the trot. And the other way around, coming from um, trot to canter, you should do it yeah, giving both reins, and the horse is so much in front of you that you are able to come into the canter without um, tension, without being crooked, without being against the driving aids. This is the point from my important. And when you have exactly this feeling, then you trot into the other, you right maybe canter, then a smooth transition without using the reins, and with driving aids, you canter into the trot, you start the trot, and then you ride a transition from trot to walk in a similar way. You give, uh, you use driving aids, and if the horse is trained a little bit on a higher level, then you do it in a way that you give a little bit the feeling of shoulder in or in the beginning of leg yielding in the transition. Therefore, you use very much your inside leg, and without using the reins, you trot into the walk, you start the walk, and in the moment the horse is in the transition or starts the transition, you give a longer rein, not a loose rein, but a longer rein so that you have a contact between your hand via reins to the horse's bit, horse's mouth, uh, but with, with a steady but very, very um, soft contact uh, with a longer rein. This is what you have uh, to do while using the driving aids. That's the point um, uh, to develop the walk. And then it's important to use your driving aids, the left hind, uh, your left leg, calf, and when the left hind leg of the horse is in the moment to push from the ground and your right leg or calf when the right hind leg of the horse is just pushing from the ground. Therefore, you come left leg, right leg, left leg, right leg, left leg, right leg. Then you develop the walk, and it's very important that you use your driving aids in this way, your legs, not together, but after. 
each other. And this is for me very important to have this way of writing. And when I just want to say how the writer will get the feeling how to use the driving aids in the walk, what I suggest is that the rider should do this, and especially a young rider in the learning process. And to be honest, all we riders all are more or less always in the learning process. Therefore, it's a good idea from time to time to ride without a saddle or just with a blanket on and uh, with, with very loose legs so that you get the feeling how is the biomechanic of the horse in the walk. And then you see that the legs are not uh, falling as in trot at the same time to the horse's body, but left, right, left, right, left, right. Like this is quite challenging. And uh, no, I, would I wouldn't say challenging, but it's, it's, it's quite, um, but it's very important. I think that's a better idea. It's very important to have exactly this feeling. Because, especially in the walk, um, when you use the, your legs, your calves in the wrong way, then uh, we, we often get the problem that the horses come out of balance and come out of a clear four-beat rhythm. Therefore, using the driving aids in rhythm, in the right way, is very, very important to improve the walk, to establish a good walk, and or to create a good walk. Um, therefore, if you want to ride a good walk, I want to repeat, it's necessary good trot and canter walk, very smooth transitions, and then using your aids in the right way, looking from the biomechanics point of view. That's the best advice I can give from Germany uh, to ride a really good walk down under in Queensland, Brisbane, Australia. That's wonderful. I, I love the way that I just ask you one question and you just fill me in on everything that's not, you don't just answer that, but everything that's related to it. So, you know, I, I really appreciate the depth that you go into and the, the fundamentals that we need to know. Is there anything else that we should talk about in the walk before we move on to the halt? Uh, no. At the end of the day, we can um, have 10 chats about the walk. But I think from today's point of view, which is necessary and very much looking from the trainer's point of view, okay. I think it's enough. Thanks. Okay. Okay. Stop. I need to interrupt this chat for a hot off the press notification. That is that the latest version of the book, 101 Careers in the Horse Industry, is now available and the best news is that it's a free download. So if you work in the horse industry, if you have a plan to work in the horse industry and have a career in the horse industry, or if you know someone who plans to have a career in this fabulous industry, then this is an essential book for you to read now and then keep as a reference as you progress through your career. With over 100 jobs to choose from, you'll probably find at least one that you'd happily do without being paid. So simply go to internationalhorsecollege.com, scroll down to the bottom of the page, and click on the 101 Careers in the Horse Industry button to receive your free career book. Imagine, maybe one day you could be a guest on Horse Chats. Now, the Holt's another one. 
we have to get on and off. We have to halt. We have to halt pretty much all the time. But we don't just want to know how to halt. We want to know about a good quality halt. How can we achieve that good quality halt? And what are we looking for? You know, from the judge's point of view, what defines a good quality halt? I won't say a good as, you know, an excellent. What would be an excellent halt from the judge's point of view? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I start always with a half sentence before I, I give an answer uh, um, to a question. But I think this is important that every um, listener uh, should realize the halt is very much the mirror how the horse moves. The better the halt is, the better the horse is ridden. Why? In the halt, the horse has to have a total balance, a mental and a physical balance. And the better the balance is, the more clear the horse will um, use the four legs, the four feet, and uh, the more square the horse will be. And yeah, at the end of the day, the more balance the horse will have. And in the halt, we have exactly the same um, idea as we have in walk, trot, and canter as well. In the halt, you have to ride your horse. It's not stopping the horse. No, it is riding into the halt. Like you come from walk to halt, you come from trot to halt, you come from canter to halt. Always you have to start the halt. And in the halt, the horse has to be in front of the rider, in front of the rider's driving aids. This sounds stupid, but this is the secret of a good halt. Just stopping the horse with the hands never ever will be a good halt at the result. You have to start the halt, and during the halt, the horse has to stay the whole time in front of your driving aids. Why? Because when you want to start again, you just come a little bit with your leg, you just give with your seat your driving aids, and then the horse will start immediately, comma, if everything was done properly. Therefore, when a judge is giving a mark for the halt, he has to give the mark not just for the five seconds when the horse is in the halt. No, he will give the mark for the transition from walk, trot, or in higher classes from canter into the halt. Um, this is part of the exercise halt. And this is very challenging to see how the rider is riding the halt. Is it a smooth transition? Is this a straight transition? Is this a transition without using the reins? Is it a transition in which the horse is really in front of the rider? Is it a transition in which the horse has the pole as the highest point? Is the nose line a little bit in front? These are the criterias which judges are looking for, and then they give a mark just for the halt. And in the international eventing classes, which I judge, uh, yeah, at the end of the day, thousands of times, we have always a special mark for the halt and a new mark for rainback, which I think is a good idea in uh, proper dressage um, classes. We always have halt and rainback together. But in the eventing dressage test, we have always a special mark 
which is, from my point of view, a very, very good idea because therefore the eventing riders, uh, they have always to watch very carefully to ride or train, not watch, but, but train very carefully the transitions uh, into the halt because they know we get a special mark for transition and halt. And this is, for me, important, and this is an advice for the pure dressage riders to train as eventing riders are training. Um, it's a special challenge because it's a special mark, just transition and halt. Train it, and when you train it in the way I had tried to explain it, then the riders will get scores, I'm sure, in Europe, America, and in Down Under. Okay, okay. Now, we haven't included the rain back in this, you know. I've said the walk and the halt and the pirouette, but can we talk a little bit more and just expand it to the rain back? So it's important that we know and we cover these things. You know, we start off talking about one thing, but you keep giving us more and more information and it's almost like we go off into all these different areas and I'm sure if people say, but Glenis, you should have asked more about the rain back. So tell us a little bit about how that rain back what we're looking for for an excellent rainback? Yeah, first of all, we have to clarify that the rainback is a two-beat movement. The two-beat is trot. Two-beat is trot with a moment of suspension, but in rainback, it is two-beat without a moment of suspension. So two-beat rhythm, also as an example, um, when we stop, right front leg and left hind leg, and now I underline are moving backwards at the same time, and left front leg and right front leg are moving back at the same time as well. So that's the point. And this is, for me, um, very important to realize this, that this will happen. That's, for me, very, very important. Think that we have this in this way the rain back. Often, to be honest, we see that maybe the right uh, front leg is uh, going backwards and um, maybe a second later or something like a second later, the left front, uh, the, le the left hind leg. It is not at the same time. Therefore, we see a lot of horses um, which are doing rain back or are producing rain back, not in a proper um, a two beat rhythm without a moment of suspension. This we have to realize. This is what I want uh, to figure out. So that's point one. The second thing is what I wanted to say is that um, a rider has to have the feeling I am riding backwards, but it's not using the reins and then backwards. No, I have to ride with driving aids backwards, uh, but always having the feeling I'm able to ride immediately forward. I need the forward tendency when I do a rain back, when I'm riding backwards. And I want to say backwards riding. That's for me very important. I think that's a little bit looking from the philosophy. And this is what the rider has to realize. The more he thinks, oh, uh, rain back, rain back, rain back, the more he, especially when it's a young and not so very experienced rider, the more uh, these riders and not so experienced riders are using the reins. And the more 
you are using the reins in this situation, um, the more resistance you will get. The more you are working against the nature of the horse, the more you are working against the um, the um, uh, the horse is a flight animal, animal, uh, animal, and the more you are working against the instinct of the horse, the flight instinct, and this is for me very important that the rider is realizing this, and when he is really or she is realizing realizing this, then the rider will realize, oh, it's better not to touch the reins in the strong way as I did it before. Before, so therefore, rein back very careful, it's backwards riding with forward tendency, and it's a clear two-beat rhythm if you do it in the right way, but without a moment of suspension. And um, for me, it is a mirror as well. When I did say in the beginning of today's podcast session, the walk is a mirror of a good trot and canter work, I said the halt is a mirror of the whole process. If you see a good horse, then you can say this is a well-trained horse without having seen the horse in trot and canter and in walk before. And reinback is similar. The more smooth the horse is reacting to the rider's age, the better the horse is trained. And horses which are lovely, lovely trained will present a lovely rain bag. But a horse which is ridden with strong hands, a rider who is riding all transitions more with his hands and less with his driving aids, and a rider who wants to ride a transition maybe from canter to trot with the feeling I stop the canter and not with the feeling I'm starting the trot, these kind of riders never will get a smooth trot in harmony between horse and rider. They always get the rein back um, with an open mouth, with a strong uh, rein, with a pole which is 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 not soft, um, with a stiff back, um, not in rhythm the walk, with stiff front and especially uh, stiff hind legs. So therefore, this looks, to be honest, ugly. That's a uh, terrible movement and uh, the judges in this situation will give marks uh, which are lower than um, satisfying or sufficient, uh, maybe a four or a three or a two. And um, yeah, the better the training is, the more easy the horse is um, in, back, um, in, in rain back. And my advice is don't train rain back too often. The more you train it, the more uh, you will get resistance. But if you train it in the right way, then you get as a present a smooth rain back. And if you have a problem in the rain back, train transitions, trot, canter, and so on. But don't train uh, uh, rain back. And the better the transitions are in general, um, uh, the better the rain back will be after a couple of days or weeks or hours, um, the better the rain back will be at the end of the day. I write some notes down, Christoph, and I go to think, oh, this is, this is a good question. This is a question that someone might ask that 
you know that we haven't quite covered it and I write down a question and then you go and give the answer anyway. So, you know, as I said, I love the answers that you give and, and we had planned to do two or three movements but we, I sort of snuck in the rain back as well so we've done the four. But the pirouette, first of all, what is a pirouette to explain to someone what we're looking for but what makes it excellent? Yeah, <laughs> everybody is working for an excellent um, uh, result in all movements and the period it is really uh, difficult to get an excellent mark why therefore your question is very good um, how to get an excellent because it is very very difficult to write it's uh, to be honest it is a writer's movement and to be honest that is at the end of the day an um, exercise, a movement, which is difficult to judge. It's difficult to write, it's difficult to judge, and I think many judges are not absolutely sure what they have to give, and then they give always 6.5, or if it's better, 7.5, because they are not too brave, because they are not absolutely sure what are the criterias of a good period. What it is, What is a period? You turn as a front, the front leg, the front part of the horse around uh, the hind legs, uh, or the, yeah, the hind part of the horse. This is quite easy um, uh, to explain, but what's going on with the legs of the horse? And how the, 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 the challenge starts. The challenge is to maintain exactly the, um, the, the clear four-beat rhythm, eight faces. And to write a clear four-beat rhythm is not easy to write on a straight line. It's more a challenge to do it on a curved line. The smaller the curved line is, the more difficult. On a six-meter six um, uh, circle, it's more a challenge than at the long side. And the biggest challenge is if you do it in a proper collected walk uh, uh, in the period. And sometimes uh, the problem is if you have a horse which has a huge walk with very long, with very long steps, um, then it's really a challenge uh, uh, to ride proper, um, uh, uh, proper periods in walk in a clear four-beat rhythm. And the challenge for the rider is he has or she has to use all the aids in, yeah, in, in, in less than a second, he, the rider has to use the inside leg to, uh, to give activity with the inside hind leg to the horse. He has to use the outside leg uh, so that the horse uh, starts to turn to the inside. On the other side, he has to use his outside leg so precise and so sensitive that the horse is not crossing the hind legs, also the outside hind leg over the inside hind leg. When he's doing this, the judges would say, okay, crossing hind legs, low mark. So therefore, this needs a lot of sensitivity. And then the rider has to be very soft with the inside rein, because when he is using during um, uh, uh, the period walk the inside rein, he is at the same time stopping the inside, other the activity of the inside leg. So on the other hand, he needs 
bending and flexion to the inside because the bending and flexion is into the direction of the movement. That's very important as well. And to do it without using the inside rein is really a challenge for the rider. Then the outside rein um, has to be um, consistent to the mouse, but important is um, that the uh, rider is able to give a little bit the inside, uh, the, sorry, the outside rein so that the horse is able to be bent and flexed to the inside. So this is a challenge and then, and this is for many riders a special challenge, uh, the rider has to sit on the inside seat bone. Many riders, to be honest, they are, when you look from, um, from the back to the riders, they are not sitting um, uh, on the left hand to the inside seat bone left and to the, um, on the right hand side to the right seat bone. And uh, not just uh, beginners, but riders able to train horses on Grand Prix level. They often sit the whole time to one side, which is a mistake, to be honest, a big mistake. But they don't realize it. And this is when you ask for a period very that the rider is sitting on the inside seat bone. Why? Because the horse is always moving into the direction in which the rider is sitting. So therefore, when the rider is sitting, as an example, in a pirouette left, walk pirouette left, uh, to the right side, maybe uh, he is not feeling it. He is sitting on the right seat bone. Then it's very difficult for a horse to move um, in this exercise in a proper way. So therefore, um, first of all, um, the pirouette and walk is very, very much the rider's movement. It is for me, in many classes, the most difficult exercise, and later on, canter movements, it's similar. And um, this is very difficult to train, and I think we don't have the time to explain how to train this movement, but just maybe for another podcast later on how to train this movement. I would, I love to train it. And this is just, which I just want to say, it is just a good way to do quarter periods. And maybe in another podcast, we can explain it because I'm looking a little bit to the timing. We have it now in Germany, 10 minutes to eight. And I have to leave my home because I have to give a lesson. And therefore, I'm, I have time, but not maybe as plenty as necessary to explain the period and walk, um, how to train the period and walk in all details. Christophe, you're so generous. You you know, like I keep going, you're talking about the mistakes, how to correct the mistakes, the skills, what what stage of training, everything. You just go through everything. And and I understand the timing for you is, you know, we're, we're a little bit behind, but is there anything else we need to know about the pirouette? We know we're going to talk to you again about actually training the walk pirouettes and yeah. possibly the canter. I'll talk to you about that later. Yeah. But um, yeah. Maybe that's a good idea, maybe to explain both because um, the criteria are similar. There are years in between. When you tra train a pirouette and walk, you are um, with, a young, with a younger horse, you are quite a huge step um, behind training it on uh, canter level, but the criteria are a little bit similar. So therefore we can put both together maybe when we have another podcast later this year. Perfect, perfect.
Christoph, thank you again. Thank you for coming on. I've um, certainly enjoyed the depth that you go into with the walk, the halt. We snuck in the rain back there and a little bit of, of uh, the walk pirouette and we'll continue on with the walk and the canter pirouettes training that uh, next time. Thank you again for your time. Certainly appreciate it. I appreciate it and I know, you know, getting feedback from our listeners and from other coaches, they certainly appreciate the time that you're putting in as well. So thank you. I say thank you very much indeed to you. You are a person who is able to ask really brilliant questions. Oh, thank you. And it's fun for me Good. to do it. Good. Good. Uh, it's very early here. It's still dark in uh, Germany and it's still bright at yours. And when it's it dark is. at home? It's nearly seven o'clock in the evening and it's it's certainly well and truly daylight now, but within the next hour or so it'll start to be dark. Yep. Oh, yeah. Okay. All right. Look, thank you. Thank you again. And uh, we certainly will look forward to the next time. Now, Christoph, I know that you've been very generous. If people do need to contact you, we'll put all the contact details at the bottom of your page on Horse Chat. So just go to horsechats.com, search for Christoph or search for Hess, and you'll find Christoph's details. But uh, otherwise, Christoph, what's, uh, if someone's thinking they'll contact you right now, what's the best way? The best way to contact me is, uh, yeah, send me an email. CH, also Christoph SCH at Christoph with a PH at the end dash Hess H E S dot info. Or, or if you like what I like very much as well, and sometimes it's a little bit easier for me if someone asks me something, um, I use very much uh, WhatsApp and then I can send a voice message. Either my phone number is plus 49 for Germany, one. 70, it's the uh, uh, first part of my mobile or cell phone, as a 170, and then 8519323. I will repeat, plus 49170, 8519323. Uh, you can contact me via WhatsApp, and then I can uh, send voice um, message as an example, if you wish. Okay. Talk to you again soon then, hopefully. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thanks a lot. If you've enjoyed this chat, then please comment, rate and subscribe. If you'd like any changes or recommendations for guests, then please contact us through horsechats.com. And while you're online, have a look at the government-accredited courses at internationalhorsecollege.com. Registered Training Organisation 31352. Remember that our comments and instructions are general in nature and do not take into consideration your individual horses or your individual ability and circumstances. If you enjoyed this podcast, then please leave your comment below 